Okay, so on a different note, I'm not starting with that. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Welcome back to another episode of Bloody Babbles Podcast. <laughs> Babylonians. Today's episode is brought to you by Hugh Kitchen. Hugh is a family-founded chocolate and snacking company focused on creating products that match ultra-simple ingredients with unbeatable taste. Built on a strong mission to help people give back to human, Hugh only uses simple, real, and responsibly sourced ingredients. Hugh obsessively vets every ingredient to unite unbeatable taste with unmatched simplicity. They go beyond what is easy and expected to ensure that their products and practices are ethical and put both humanity and the human body first. All of Hugh's products are gluten-free, dairy-free, refined sugar-free, and aren't heavily processed. Use code POD for 15% off your next purchase at Hugh Kitchen. That's code Pod, P-O-D, for 15% off at H-U-K-I-T-C-H-E-N.com and find out why Hugh helps people get back to human. So I started to hit record and then I had to stop because my son, I thought he peed his pants. Yeah. But <laughs> he didn't. He just has to pee. He just had to pee. We're in the, we're potty training. We're in that phase. We're, I'd say we're like 80% there. Yes. He's, he's doing really he's good. He's doing really good. And Being I think it's good. It's the it's the pooping, right? Pooping sometimes. I mean, yeah. yeah. It's a little bit of a struggle. He doesn't really we haven't got the wiping process yet. But I mean I mean that takes time. For sure. I mean I'm twenty seven and sometimes I struggle right. and I'm not afraid to admit that. Exactly. Especially when you gain weight. <clears throat> like yep. it's a whole new uh, contorted contortion. Yeah. And it hurts. <laughs> So, um, yeah, hey. Zoe and Shiva are in the background. They are, I have to cage one dog because they can't share a bowl because yeah, they're they aggressive. Eat. Yeah. And it's Zoe, my tiny little, I still haven't posted a picture of them. I need to get my oh, life together. I'm like, um, hello. I'll post it Should in the be. montage of pictures. And then Xander, not Xander. That kid's not here. He's not. Zabri and Arlo. <laughs> <laughs> Xavier <laughs> and Arlo maybe in the background. Hopefully they'll be not as aggressive, but you know we we work with it. This is what happens when you do have mothers doing a podcast. I mean, it is what yeah. it is. And um, yeah, yep, yep. So um, I hope everybody's doing great. Oh, okay. So <laughs> so I check obviously our international and everybody listeners, and I know where I think we're in forty one states and also the District of Columbia, which I think that's just crazy. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, so yeah, we added, I went and actually checked the UK cause the UK, you know, is just a very large, what's it? <laughs> Country? <laughs> I was going to say large, like region. Cause that's what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm fine guys. I'm fine. We're like literally in the middle of a windstorm. Like it's a, there's a whole lot going on outside right now. Um, yeah, like 60 mile an hour. 60 right? mile an hour winds. You can't see anything. The dirt literally looked like a smoke cloud. I, we thought something was on fire, but no, it's it's dirt. We're in Kansas. Remember that. Flatlands Flat- and dirt. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I keep getting text messages. And if messages. there are trees, 
they're probably going to fall over. And hopefully not into my house. So send good vibes, guys. Or yeah. start dating. Well, <laughs> donate to the Patreon in case they have to buy a new house. Thanks. Be <laughs> totally over you. That's true. <laughs> you right. You right. Um, but no. Okay. So, I'll, so yeah. We're in 41 states plus the District of Columbia. And then Bangladesh. Hello. Hello. I don't know how to, I don't even know what Thank you. language you speak. Well, obviously they speak some English if they're listening. Ew, there's a cricket. Is it well, a cricket? Hello there, friend. I know it's a cricket. It's a cricket. It's a black cricket. Hello. He's a big boy. You want to go out in the wind? No, because no, not Zoe's getting. Zoe, what's that? Get it. Get it. Sorry, insect lovers. No. <laughs> she probably won't even catch it. Oh, you she just it. walked off. She didn't even care. <laughs> she Don't is worry. Garfield with mice. Like, <laughs> she chased mice. She's so confusing. But yeah, so Bangladesh, and then I, like I said, I went into the region of the UK because it just puts everyone together. But I found Scotland, hey, Northern Ireland, <laughs> and straight up England. Thank you all, which is so much. great considering our story today takes place in England. Because oh, as we all know, it is spooky season. Yep, yep, yep. Super Granted, spooky season's all the time for me. I'm pumped. There's new things going on on Netflix and shows I need to watch and scary things and spooky things. Oh, I need to plug in my computer. We don't need that to die. Yeah, can we make sure that this is recording too? Can you hear us? Hello? Hello? It is. Okay. okay. <laughs> but on that note, I am going to pause for a hot minute. Huh? And now we're back. Hello. Um, yeah, that was a short break because I had to unplug the soundboard and replug it in so I could plug in my laptop. That way it'll charge while this crazy plug storm is going. Plug it in. <laughs> so, um, Shauna was going to do a rabbit hole on this story, and it ended up turning out to be a whole heck of a lot more. Yeah. It was like a so, wormhole? Yeah, a wormhole. Because <laughs> it's where I live. It just sucks you in and takes the life out of you. Yes. No, I'm just kidding. Maybe a little. It just blows here. <laughs> but speaking of spooky season, and I'm, I want to try and gear towards more um, scary, like... Spooktacular uh, things. Like, yeah. Gearing towards Halloween, which is actually when this human was born. Yes. If you can even call her human. Well, yeah. So, I'm, if you're unfamiliar, we're going to be talking about Mary Ann Cotton. 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 But she was born Mary Ann Robson. And, but she later changed her last name because this lady goes through a whole hell of a lot of husbands. So, our English listeners. Hey, if you know more about this, you have pictures that she shared that we don't share. Ooh, please show yes. us. Let or us if you know any you. stories about this. Ooh, yeah. Give us more details. Yes. This, this article that I'm reading from, <clears throat> that we got notes from, oh my gosh, it's very, very in-depth. But I was just like, holy crap. But she was born October 31st, 1832, you know, the other day. <laughs> um, it's going to become a thing now, too. Um, in County Durham in England. So if anybody lives near there, be like, um, yeah, we know where she, we know, where, we know this biz. She was a pretty normal kid growing up, which is crazy considering what she does later in life. But no one in her and no one in her family or circle of friends could have predicted the monster she would eventually become. Dum, dum, dum. Laying the foundation. Laying the foundation mm -hmm. for this wackadoodle, crazy... English woman. And if you guys hear that in the background, that's literally the wind happening. You may be here. able to hear it, or you'll hear um, things uh, crashing against my house. Yeah. You may hear us blow away. And you, you may know? hear slurp noises because you know what I'm drinking. 
<laughs> Sponsor me! Yeah, me too. But hey, thanks. But I'm drinking something different, but it's fine. Uh, Monster. Oh, no, no, alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've. I used to drink with Kelly. Yeah, I would always used drink. Hollywood, but. but yeah, it's been I'm a sober sister. Sober sister. And if you're sober sisters or brothers, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, let us know because we want to celebrate you. Yes. Because um, it's amazing. And my. Uh, I've learned how to be better about my drinking considering the amount I sometimes consume. Um, <laughs> okay, so back on to this lady of crazy. This is what you're here for, guys. Okay, so, um, yep. Okay, there's the wind. Mm, it's it's okay, down. Zoe. It's all right. It's okay, baby. Give it. Okay, that's just her face. In fact, the Sunday school she attended when she was young described her as the most exemplary and regular attender. Attender. She just went a lot. She's attender. never missed. No, it says attender. <laughs> attender. Oh my wow. god. Hello? Wow, things are being thrown against your wall. It's making me a little nervous. I really I mean I have a this sounds like something's up on my roof. Sounds like something's up against your wall. I mean I have a chair out there. Well not anymore. Yeah, but it's like a plastic chair. Yeah, like it's not doing that. That's big. Um uh guys across uh, across. Uh, okay, now we're back. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed the video that you guys will get to see before this episode airs. So y'all will enjoy that. He'll enjoy our uh, breeze. What we're going through. <laughs> okay. So back to Miss Marianne. Um, her early years were spent in Low Morsley, but her parents decided to move to Merton Village in County Durham when she was about eight years old. Hey, dog, stop. When she was 16, so we go from 8 to 16, her family received the devastating news that her father, a mine worker, fell uh, fell to his death at his work. He immediately died on impact after a 150-foot fall. Holy crap. That's, that's a... See, then, like, okay, so obviously an instant death. Yeah. But could you, like, the thoughts going through your head knowing... I'm not this is it. Like, this oh. is it. Those are the things that scare me. Like, when you hear... Sorry. Babatek... When you hear about people who jump, I can barely see. You know, but obviously he didn't jump. I'm sure. Yeah. No, but yeah, just but a like, sudden, sudden news. The thoughts going through your head. Like this is it. This is oh. it. I'm gonna die right now. I'm never gonna see my family again. Holy crap! Not maybe. That, He's a minor. Dark down know. there. Maybe. <laughs> Making light of terrible things. <laughs> yeah. Fine. Um, the Making light of dark situations. Shona's on a roll, guys. <laughs> I lost my vision going out in this windstorm and she's got all the singers. <laughs> so the sudden news took the entire family by surprise and little did they know that it would also completely change their lives for good. So, um, heartbreakingly, this is awful. Her father's body was delivered by the Merton Collier Colliery. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that's probably similar to like a, uh, Okay, cool. I thought it was a recording for a hot minute. I'm like, oh my god, no. Um, Collery in a sack that bore a stamp reading, property of the South Hetton Coal Company. Her mom was the one who received the body and didn't even have enough time to take in the news when they got an eviction notice. Like, because their house was linked to um, his work, and they had no other choice but to leave after his funeral, and that was in 1843. Her mom decided she was ready to marry, remarry. So, pause. Pause. 
But like, can you imagine? Like, like we talk about how work doesn't care about you. Like people's work does you know, doesn't care. But like that, that dude dies on the job, and you and t- they they send his body. They they bury him, and they're like, by the way, get the fuck out. You're evicted. Yep. Bye. Enjoy that. Oh my goodness. Okay. But yeah, I just. Yuck. So I don't. Okay, it says when she was 16 when that happened. Yes. Okay, so that would have been 1848. Okay. And they said her mom was ready to marry. What? Like immediately, it sounds, right? Yeah. She was born in. The year she was born, it, that says in 1843, she was ready to remarry. That doesn't that doesn't add up. I don't know if these are correct. Now I am the Confucian. 1832. Hmm. Okay. Well, we're just gonna keep on trucking. Okay. These sources are wackadoodle, but um, she apparently she yeah she got remarried pretty darn quickly. She got a new stepfather. His name was George Scott. He was also a minor, because apparently that's just the path you should keep going. Yeah, no. mine, not not like underage guys. We're talking mining. Mining business. Minor, <laughs> yeah, like coal mining, <laughs> diamond mining, whatever they did in England at that time. But I guess, I mean, that was that a pretty was, common thing. Is, yeah, yeah. Um, you're thirsty? You can go scoop some water out of the toilet. Yeah. I don't know. You can see what's in my fridge. I have no idea. We should start bringing drinks when we come here. I've got stuff in my fridge. I've got some juice. I don't have milk. I can guarantee you that. But, um, okay. So, Mary Ann did not get along with her stepfather, and he didn't seem to be willing to make things work with her, so she moved out at the age of 16. Hold on. She said juice. So, now we're rolling back in here. Ugh, this picture is creepy. Um... So she moved to a nearby village called South Hutton. Because she couldn't get along with her yeah. stepdad. Yes. Right. Okay. Yep. And she decided to start a career as a nurse. And she lived with a person named Edward Potter, who was a manager at Merton Colliery. So this colliery must be like... Is it a small town, I'm assuming? No, like, colliery is like a... It's like a place. I want. Well, her dad came from the colliery. So was that like a funeral home or yeah, something? Or... I'm gonna look it up really fast, Colliery. People from England are be like, uh, duh. A coal mine and the buildings and equipment associated with it. Okay. Oh, so it's lit. Okay. All right. So that. So after after three years of working as a nurse, she returned to her mother's home to become a dressmaker. That is it. Okay, whatever. When she was 20, she married her first husband. Keep that in mind. First husband. A man called William Mowbray. And he was, ding, 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 a coal mine worker at the Newcastle upon Tyne Register office. Okay. He worked in the office, so maybe that's a little less stressful. Oh, she's got a house. Front Street, West Auckland, home of Mary Ann Cotton. Just after the wedding, the couple moved to Plymouth, Devon. And it said that they unofficially had nine children. Why is it unofficial, Nicole? Because eight of them died of gastric fever and weren't even registered at the time. Mm. 
The couple lost almost all their children to this gastric fever, but neither the births nor deaths of these children were ever registered. That's eight humans they had that died all yeah, of the same exact carriages. This isn't no. stuff like that. This like is they, 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 she they birthed born. nine and eight of them died of gastric fever. One of, of all of their children, the couple had one daughter with her birth actually recorded at St. German's in 1856, and her name was Margaret Jane. And then, okay, 19, 1856, she died in 19... It says 1960. <laughs> Typo, 1860. So she only lived to be either three or four years old, based off, depending on when she was born. But she, um, Marianne quickly had another daughter with the with the same name in 1861. Okay, that's that's unsettling. And then well, with that many babies, you run out of names. Yeah, and then a son <laughs> named William soon after that, but he also died of gastric fever. It's going to be a reoccurring theme, guys. Just so you're aware. You hear breathing and obnoxious sounds that's because Sheba has joined the podcast. Hello. Hello. Uh, What's your name? Thank you. There's Oh, there's, your there's her snips. <laughs> um, concurrently, her husband, William, was working at a steam vessel as a foreman, and he was just then diagnosed with an intestinal problem mm -hmm. and died a couple weeks after that as well. So they lost their baby, William. Well, they lost many babies. Yeah, they lost a lot of babies. It's absolutely She's, awful. Shiva, get down. Um, the company where William worked covered his and his children's life insurance. So after his death, she received 35 pounds, which today would be the equivalent of 3,371 pounds. But I don't know what that is in American dollars. So, yep, we're sitting well with it. Which was a sum of a manual worker's half a year's wages back then. Because we're back in like the, you know, 1860s. Mm -hmm. These drawings of her are just wacky, and they'll all be on our Instagram. Mm -hmm. After the death of her husband in newly enriched bank account, dum, 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 mm -hmm. she moved to See Him, See Him Harbor, See Him Harbor, See Him, sure, where she met him. Murdered. <laughs> <laughs> I like this guy's last name that she meets. His name is Joseph. I'm gonna say Natchez because it sounds like mattress. <laughs> Sounds like, it sounds like nitrous? Nitrous okay. or natras? <laughs> natras? I don't know. I think it's it looks like it looks like mattress with A's and an N. I'm fine. I'm dumb. Bye. <laughs> There's a Q. It's fine. <laughs> uh, they started a serious relationship, but he was engaged to another woman at the time. Oh, it sounds like a winner. He's a piece of garbage. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on to marry this other woman, even though he had this relationship with Marianne. So she moved on. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's probably not a terrible thing, but anyways, but she moves and starts a job at the Sunderland Infirmary. Infirmary. I can't. I'm fine. Okay. I'm gonna blame my non-reading abilities on the fact that blame we just went out in the windstorm and blame I can't see, even though I'm fine. Um, at that point, she only had two daughters alive from the nine children she had with William, her first husband. You know, who mysteriously magically died of intestinal issues. Um, eventually, though, her three-year-old daughter also died, leaving Marianne with her only youngest daughter still alive, which she sent to live with her mother while she worked at while she worked at this infirmary. Mm. And she, of course, goes to meet another man named George Ward, and he was an engineer. Was actually. And he was actually a patient at the time at the hospital she was working, or this infirmary. I know that's what they, it's a hospital. It's a fine. They started a relationship and married in August of 1865. 
she's she's an unsightly woman. Um, sorry, I keep scrolling past pictures, and I'm like, or looking at pictures, and I'm like, oh girl. Um, he never got better because he they met in the hospital, and he ended up succumbing to guess what? Guess what? Intestinal problems and paralysis. In 1866, though the couple had only been married for one year at this point, it is still believed that although Ward's doctor at the time was aware he was quite ill, he wasn't expecting his death to be so sudden. Hmm. So his death certificate ended up stating he died of typhoid, which I'm like, is she, I don't know, uh, when I was like, I heard about this, I'm like, is it typhoid Mary? But I think that's a completely different story. Um, An English cholera, though the thing started look questionable by by then she once again collected that money and went on with her life it's not like they married yeah they were married okay he lived for a year and then boom magical intestinal issues i'll fix that (laughs) we're a hot mess i mean we literally are blown out of our minds right now because of wind and not drugs. <laughs> oh, I have the soundboard. I gotta go get it. Um, that same year, she met another man. This girl don't waste no time. No, love don't mean shit to her. Um, the uh, this time the unlucky gentleman was a widower called James Robinson. He had three children at the time of his own. So she's got her one daughter. Living children, yes. And she's got one daughter that lives with her mom, and he's got three children. And he was a shipbuilder in Sunderland. So they met. So it is some decent money. Mm-hmm. So in November of that year, he hired her as a housekeeper. Oh, this is about to get scandalous. Ooh, girl. So just one month after she joined this family as a housekeeper, one of his children died. Oh, my. Guess what the child's death was caused by? Gastric fever. What is gastric fever? I don't know. Let me look at it. Yeah, do it. Which was coincidentally exactly the same reason majority of her children died. Majority. All, all but one. All but one. Um, he found himself in pieces and conveniently turned to her for comfort and solace. Mm-hmm. Not the right choice, my dude. R.I.P. Um, Spoiler. Okay, here we go. Gastric fever, my friends. The disease has been referred to by various names, often associated with symptoms such as gastric fever, enteric fever, abdominal typhus, infantile remittent fever, slow fever, nervous fever. Okay, thank you. I don't need all these. We just want to know what it is. Yeah. I don't need to know all the names. A bacterial disease spread through contaminated food and water or close contact. Vaccines are recommended in areas where typhoid fever is common. So, kind of a branch off of typhoid fever. Through contaminated food or water, though. So mm. That's how you get it. So, dirty waters and dirty foods. And that had to dirty. be pretty common back in the day. Well, yeah. Because we didn't have, like, the purification systems so that hence, we have now. Hence, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, he turns to her for comfort after his child lost his wife. You know, he's got two other kids. They, you know, best way to comfort someone is banging them. She ends up pregnant with his kid. You got to remember, this woman has birthed nine babies. So this is number 10. So not too long after, uh, she re- uh, Marianne received the news that her mother was sick and decided to visit her. And then only nine days after her visit, mom dies. Hmm. Hmm. Nothing questionable. Nothing. Nothing no, questionable not at all. Not even one letter. With. Nope. Guys. 
So Marianne then had decided to take her child, Isabella, mm-hmm. who, who Marianne's own child, the one okay. she, who okay. she had sent to live with her mother for okay. a couple of years okay. to live with her and the Robinsons remaining children. Once again, not too long after Isabella joined the household, she starts complaining of huh, stomach pains, maybe intestinal, question mark, question mark, <gasps> eyebrow raise, eyebrow raise. She died along with his two remaining children. All the kids are dead. This bitch can't cook. <laughs> she ain't purifying no water. She ain't boil the hell out of it and then freaking go see a priest. The three poor children so- died suddenly in April. We're bad. This is terrible. God. I think it's more stress laughing than anything. Well, I mean, we're on what, episode 22, 23, 20, This will be 22. 22. 22. So, like, not, you know, you, you roll with the punches. You know what you're getting into. And we're going to we're gonna crack some, some bad jokes. Because this is a little stressful. <laughs> but, of course, this dumb bitch fucking collects a life insurance payment from her daughter, who is still linked to her previous marriage. Wow. And she received a little over five pounds for her remaining child's death. But you gotta remember, she pregnant. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. Thank you. Yep. So he was pretty devastated. I mean, um, yeah, you lost first your wife, then he loses one child, then he gets gets to know a stepdaughter, basically, Mm -hmm. and then, boom, your two other kids plus your stepdaughter, all dead within a matter of months. But that wouldn't cause me to think anything. Right. Because her baby died, too. Yeah, I know. And who knows if she told all a lot the, about all the other all, things, like, all 912 of them. Right, yeah. Um, he, it's funny you say that because it says right here, he wasn't able to connect any of the dots in this terrible situation. <laughs> so they, they got, oh, they weren't even married yet. Ooh, scandal. Oh. August of 1867. Then they had their first child together a month later. Huh. So in March of 1868, so they got married, yeah, in August. So the baby was born in September of 1867. Her and her new husband's um, in March. Uh, fu- guess what? The kid got sick. Oh, and guess what? It died. Like infant baby. Oh. So, so if it had been born in September, October, November, December, January, February, March, about six months old. But then they don't waste no time. She gets pregnant, and they have another baby in June of 1869. So during their marriage, she begins pressuring him to get life insurance for himself just in case something happens to him. Hey. All our kids keep dying. Mm. But we're old. Why aren't we dead yet? Why are you investing some salt? Salt yep. helps preserve, make food better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Mm-hmm. She tried to pre- pressure him in a subtle way. Like, hey, honey. Why don't you put a $100,000 life insurance on your head just in case? Wow. Something happens. Right. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Nudging you with a fucking knife. So like, she keeps bringing up this reference to uh, life insurance, and he starts getting suspicious. Good. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Sorry, can't help it. Dude, he's like, mm, girl. He starts an investigation of his own, and he finds some mind-blowing facts, which we've already said several. Because all these kids, either gastric fever or right. intestinal issues. It's like, oh, what causes this? Don't worry, we're going to tell you. Don't just hold on to your universal titties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So apparently, okay, okay, keep in mind, before I say this, this she's collected money from all these dying children, husbands. 
but it shows that she is 60 pound in debt at the time and stolen about 50 pounds from her husband, current husband, Robinson. I'm drooling. Wow. Slurp noises. You're welcome. I'm getting, I'm over, I'm overwhelmed. (laughs) Everything's blowing outside. Everything's blowing in my mind. It's just, there's tumbleweeds everywhere. (laughs) Metaphorically with this information. And after a fight that involved courts, he managed to get her out of his life, winning full custody of their son, George. So that was the baby they had in that in June after their six month old baby died. Thank the heavens for that. And then as far as the deep investigating, he, if, if most of those babies weren't documented, yeah. Only one out of nine. So eight. One out of, it's not even nine. That's like 13. Well, she yeah, had nine. She'd had nine, but were, eight of them were documented. Yeah. Documented, correct? Yeah. Like, no birth one? certificates, no death certificates. How is that even possible? Dude, 1860s. I guess people were having babies at home. So it was not like, yeah. Just, okay, okay, yeah. okay, 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 okay. Not quite as easy to track. Like, You'd have to make sure that you got the documentation for babies back then. That wasn't as yep. like it is. Okay. Shauna is, is a little slow. It's fine. We're all <laughs> slow here. It's fine. So, uh, Marianne was not prepared for this to all this happen with, uh, Mr. Robinson and she found herself living in streets. Hey-o. So one of her friends introduced her, I'm assuming to her friend, her friend's brother, Frederick Cotton, who was a widower. <laughs> Another one. And <laughs> okay, where he lives though? Wall bottle, Northumberland. Whoa. Wall bottle, Northumberland. Ooh, I like it. Good job, sister. Thank you. Please don't hate me. <laughs> so, dude, she's hideous. I I can't. She has to have a pussy a go. So when he met her, he had already lost two of his four children. So, gastric fever? No. Or whatever. <laughs> they had already died prior to his meeting her. So okay. she had well, we can't say she has a hand in it yet, but you'll, you're putting pieces of the puzzle together, you'll know. Um, his sister, the friend that she um, introduced them, Margaret, had been acting as a mother figure to the two of his remaining children at that point. So she's been a super auntie. Kind of like my sister. <gasps> he loves my child. And I kind of do a lot. And he loves her a lot. And he loves Brie more. He loves Brie. That's his, my niece is his BFFFFF. But sadly, oh, here we go. March of 1870, Margaret, the sister, died of some stomach problems. She's out. Leaving him, un- leaving Frederick, her brother, unconsolable. Aw, Frederick. So she had to kill her. Put, put any piece together. I don't know. You, you, because if, 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 if there's a will, there's she's got to get, right. <laughs> there's a way she won't be getting money. So she needs to make sure her sister's out of the fucking picture. She found this grieving moment the perfect time to swoop in and take care of him and his children. Of course. She thought she is a goddamn monster. Psycho! Okay, she's psycho. And um, eventually she, of course, you know, becomes pregnant because the universe is like, give her 15 children. Well. This time experiencing her 12th pregnancy. 12. 12. Okay. As ladies who have birthed humans, she three Three, she yeah. three. You gave, you've given birth to three. Well, I, well, I yes, gave birth, not necessarily cesarean, but yes, but I, have still, held, I have had three. She's babies had three in beating belly. hearts inside of her womb, mm-hmm. and I've had one. Twelve motherfucking pregnancies. Like, how does she even have a figure? Like, I'm like, I mean, 
are they just walking out by then? Yeah. They're just walking out. Hello, like, it's, hello, with it's the stalactites and the, yeah. and the fucking. <laughs> oh my God. Stalagmites and stalactites. God bless it. Little did Cotton know that 10 of Mary's 11 previous children were all dead. Oh my God. Because I'm assuming, oh no, Isabella ended up dying. George, I forget George. Uh, went with his father, thank God. Yes. So, but they got married in September of 1870, and their son Robert was born in the beginning of 1871. So, after just after he was born, she received news from her previous lover, Mr. Mattress. Just kidding, Joseph Mattress. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. And it maybe it's probably like Natross or something crazy. She whispering sweet nothings into your ear. Her and she, my dog Sheba. She's a bull. <laughs> Pitbull. I was like, bull boxer. She's a pitbull boxer. She's brindle and she's beautiful and she loves Aunt Donna. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so Mr. N I'm going to call him Mattress because I think it's funny. It oh. looks like she's enjoying herself because I did this and that's not what happened. <laughs> um, he was only living 30 miles away from the village where she lived and he was <gasps> single. Oh, girl. This is, I'm going to use that picture. That is a hot mess face right there. She just, this hoe bag just gave birth to her 12th child. Right. And she's going to pursue an extramarital affair with Mr. Mattress. <laughs> and pick up where things left off so after a couple is, of years. What's so special oh, about maybe, him? Maybe she, I don't, I'm just trying, She got that magic vagine. He's got the wonder. Right. Uh, because she's putting out. Yeah, I don't know. I want to know what right, he looks I mean, like now. I know women obviously had to put out back then because, I mean, we're, it's not like we were a completely different species. Right. So, but, wow. Things got so serious in this affair that she convinced her current husband and family to move houses so they could be closer to him so she could go be a hoe bag. She can, she, so she said, hey, honey, I want to sleep with this hey, other person. Frederick, no, he remained clueless about her affair. He had no oh, idea okay. it was happening. But he's like, oh, let's move here. Like, there's so many more opportunities oh, here. Gee, so okay. I can go be a nasty little skank. <laughs> I'm fine. And of course, he was completely unaware that his life was just about to end. Uh, because within a couple of months of them moving, he gets a stomach bum. Bum. I read the words to come first. A stomach bum. Bug. I'm fine. The bum bum. He died not bum long bum. after that. <laughs> God bless it. Okay, guys. Ladies. Ladies. So ladies. she got a job in the area as a nurse and agreed with Natross. I think it's Natross. Natross. And um, they should move in together because, you know, why not? So he packed his fucking bags and moved the fuck in. Wow. Where she had previously and quite recently lived with Frederick. Who? Why didn't he just move into her vagina? It seems big enough. God, nine or nine babies, 12 babies walking out of it. So, oh God. So she um, was introduced to the case of a patient who had smallpox and she, they, who, and they needed a nurse like ASAP as possible. I love saying that if you're not a fan of the office, then you wouldn't get it. So it's fine. So she, um, yeah, goes into nursing at, and helps this guy named Don Quick Manning. Yeah. John Quick Manning. Mm -hmm. And it was found out later that his name was Richard Quick Man, not Dick John. Quick. Dick Quick. Dick. Dick. I want this Dick Quick Man. 
<laughs> yeah. And, but his but his name wasn't that. It was not. And it was Richard Quickman, <laughs> not John. Since no records in town pointed towards the existence of a person with the name John Quick Manning, suspicious. So while she was nursing him, she began yet another affair and got pregnant. Lucky number 13, which is the date this is going to be out in the near ear holes. So, so as soon as she got pregnant, her son from her marriages with Frederick died. So she, yeah. Uh, is that Robert? I think his name is Robert. By that time, Marianne, uh, managed to convince the trust to, or naturalist. I love naturalist because it sounds like naturalist to make changes to his will to include her as a beneficiary, making sure that his life insurance would cover her if he died. So this man, Natras, Natras, whatever, moves into her house right after Fred dies. And she's just like, oh my God, we're so in love. And then she meets John Quick, Dick, man, whatever. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, I want that dick in me. And then boom, hello, I'm pregnant. Oh, uh, okay, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fucking fine. But he had no idea that she was pregnant with another man's child. Um, Natris, when his unexpected death came. So she killed the man that she'd been, like, after forever and ever and ever. But guess what? Guess what? He died of sudden gastric fever. Oh, my lord. And she got him to put his uh, put him as the beneficiary, so she got his estate. Oh, nice. oh, a large nice. part of his oh, estate. Nice. And collecting his life insurance because she's a fucking monster. Yeah. So, nice. and double check this. It's fine. It's great. So, her downfall began dum 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 when yes, a parish down. when a parish a parish official named Thomas Riley approached her Shout uh, out to Thomas Riley. Yeah, yes, okay. you. He needed her help in nursing a woman who had fallen ill with smallpox. She replied that um, Charles Edward, who was the last surviving son of Frederick Cotton, would be in her way if she was to take the job. Okay. So she asked Riley if it would be all right for the boy to be committed to a workhouse. Riley rejected the ask, explaining that at such a young age, she would have to accompany him. She replied, I won't be troubled long. He'll go like all the rest of the cottons. <gasps> Bruh. Whoops. That's a little bit of uh, a confession. Freudian slipe. Yep. Slut. Freudian slut. There. Slut. Stupid ore bag. I'm fine. So, according to Marianne, he was terminally sick and wasn't going to live much longer anyway. Hmm. Within five days, Charles Cotton was found dead. Oh, my gosh. So, Thomas Riley did not feel things were adding up and asked the local doctor to delay completing his death certificate to be able to investigate it. Because this guy's a goddamn genius. So, after he died, she goes to the insurance office expecting to get her money and they're like, um, can't be paid if there's no death certificate. And she's like, the book. And, uh, that... <laughs> <laughs> Bro... Oh my god, yes. <laughs> Sorry, Shauna just wrote a message to me that I can't say on live radio. Radio, live podcast, Vigas. Things, life. Life. But um, um, we know a person who may have been this woman in a past life. <laughs> okay, so that's all we'll say about that. So, um, you know, they opened this. A jury appointed to the investigation that, or 
appointed to the investigation concluded that Charles had died from natural causes. She justified it claiming she had used arrowroot to relieve him from pain caused by his supposed illness. Uh, arrowroot? Arrowroot. Hold on. I feel like there's things that are linked to arrowroot. Um, but she I've added, never heard of it. I've heard of arrowroot before. What have you heard of it? Uh, I've heard it in another podcast because that's all oh. I do with my life. Okay. okay. Um, she added that so he's one word. Yeah. He started the Riley started the investigation and had made all of these accusations against her because she had rejected him. Okay. So for those like me who've never heard of arrowroot before, uh-huh. arrowroot is a starch obtained from the rhizomes, R H I Z O M E S, yep. of several tropical plants. Traditionally, Melanta. Oh my gosh, Arundacea. A R U N D I N A C E A. All right. I talked about this happening live. <laughs> my dog Zoe is humping, humping, humping my other dog. Humping. But also Florida arrowroot <laughs> from Zamia or Zamia. Intrigafolia and oh my gosh, there's too many big words. It comes from a plant. Yeah, <laughs> and I know it's it's supposed to help like. I think it's used in like medicinal purposes, obviously. So, but I, I thought there was. I love when you. So cute. Okay. So, like I said, Riley had started. They said that he started the investigation and said all these accusations against her because she had rejected him. Nah, honey. You said, oh, this kid's going to die like the rest of them. Yeah. And then he did. Yeah. And the story wouldn't add up. And local newspapers caught on to it, as they do, and they found out about she had lost four husbands, one, two, three, four, her mother, a lover, a friend, and a total of 11 children. So they found out about the other baby? Yeah. Obviously? Yep. Okay. Okay. So, the journalist... Um, that had to be hard to... I'm sorry. That would that be a lot to back then. That... 100%. 11... 15, but, 16, okay, 17, when, when it's 18. not documented... Yeah, that's even more unsettling. That, that, that I don't under. I mean, so my my point is that type of investigating had that's some deep diving investigation. Yeah, not like today with the internet and this. And then right. like we were talking about, we're doing right now a little bit ago uh-huh. about how when we have babies now it's documented immediately. Really, mm-hmm. you know, you've got to get a birth certificate. Yeah, you you've got to. I mean, I guess you cannot. But dogs. Oh, that is my toilet paper. Oops. Fantastic. So, so 11, 15, 16, 17, 18. So this is 18 people that have died in her life that she was connected to. And the journalist found out that every single person had died from strange no, no. strange stomach issues. That is Shauna um, rubbing stuff in my dog's nose because she ate a toilet paper, paper on your dog. Thank God we're not in a shortage, guys. Okay. But, um, yeah, they all died of stomach issues. As well as the fact that Marianne moved too many times around London in a very short amount of time. Yeah, okay. Don't okay. be suspicious. Okay, so that's, okay, and so maybe the gravestones, because I'm assuming maybe they buried, I mean, I don't know. Okay. Who I knows? Too many assumptions. I'm so, still trying to figure out how they found out about the babies that weren't documented. So rumors in the newspaper. No, she, no, no. My dog is kind of a genius and kind of I'm awful. She may have got it out of the Arlo's bathroom, actually. That's fine. 
the chair that was beating up my house just a little bit ago. So it shows um, well, rumors in the newspaper resulted in an actual police investigation. The doctor who had attended to Charles Cotton um, kept several samples, which concluded that his body contained <gasps> arsenic. It's Mary Joseph. No, Marianne. Marianne. Marianne <laughs> Joseph. God dang it. <laughs> Get out. God. So the police found out about this, and she was arrested instantaneously. No, you were she was toilet paper. And we're she not, was we're not doing the love fist now. She was charged with Charles's murder, and but she remember all this is happening. She gets cute. She's still pregnant. I was gonna say she with uh pregnant. with Dick Quickman, yeah. whatever. <laughs> dude, they, How about we don't throw balls in the house, please? Yeah, let's not do that. Because I don't need to break a window, okay? okay Especially not house. that baseball, okay? okay? You can roll it on the floor. Okay. Or you, or you can throw a fit. Okay. So, um, yeah, she was pregnant, and there was a problem with the selection of the prosecution counsel, so the trial became delayed. So on January 10th, 1873, she gave birth to a daughter, Margaret Edith Quick Manning Cotton. Since she was no longer pregnant, her trial started in March of that year. And was the baby immediately put up for adoption? Or given to it may have been given to John Quick Dick Manning, okay. whatever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, with the Attorney, General, Attorney General's protege, Charles Russell, being appointed as the prosecutor of the case. Okay. I always get prosecutor and defender, so that prosecutor is the one who's against her. I always have to put that together in my yeah, head because I, I'm stupid. You're not stupid. I'm not I stupid. I just forget. Um, the trial would be the first of many high-profile, okay, high-profile poisoning cases that Russell would be working on throughout his career. Oh. So he, her defense attorney, Mr. Thomas Campbell Foster, that is that is a British Thomas Thomas Campbell Foster. I love it. Argued at the time that Charles Cotton had died from inhaling arsenic that was used as dye in the green wallpaper at his family home. <laughs> you know, I like to sit at home and sniff my wallpaper. I like it. I like that it was specifically green. Yep. Yes, green yeah. wallpaper. I'm sure that they probably went to the house and like checked it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, that's my favorite color. <laughs> but um, after all the prosecutions and arguments were laid out, the jury left, and it only took them 90 minutes. They came back, and guess what? Ding, 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 Good. ding. She was guilty. Oh, and she God. was so devastated with the result, but then immediately was like cold-hearted and back to her normal bitchy-ass well, self. Yeah, that's what sociopaths do. Bitch is crazy. I'd like to murder your own children? Like, bro. She, um, in, so that was January, what did I say, January 10th? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, on, in March of 1873, she was hanged at the Durham County Gall, Gall, Gall. Of all 13 of Marianne's children, only two survived, her son George from her earlier marriage to James Robinson and her youngest daughter, who had literally just been born right before she was convicted, who was, so she, her youngest daughter was two months old, so she never even, like, met her mom. Oh, good. Uh, good like, good enough to be, yeah. That baby needed to not be around her, because she would have had some crazy, terrible tummy problems. And, but that concludes this. Dude. Wacky fucking story. Wow, I don't even, like, I don't, I don't know how to, oh, most of these, most of these things we talk about, I don't know how to, uh, process. Thank you. That's the word process. I can't work. fathom it. All right. the things. I, I, all these fancy words that make us sound smart. 
Yes. Because we're not stupid. We made that very clear. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, that's just, I just can't imagine. I'm like, how many baby? And I, I just, I don't, I mean, I know it was hard to be like medically taken care of. Like we've got like prenatals, we've got like pre, you know, prenatal visits, going to see your doctor, you know, once a month Mm -hmm. and then two weeks and then every week and then bam, you're having a baby. Like, but to go through 13 pregnancies, like I would get, you know, there's cases of story or there's not even, there's just stories of like people back then who had babies and they would just, they die within yeah. a couple of months. And it was just natural causes because they didn't have what we have now. We've yeah. very much evolved as a freaking, yeah, yeah. we ate dirt and it saved us. Yes. <laughs> so. Okay. <laughs> Oh, I almost, I'm fine. There may be dirt in my throat. I don't really know what's happening right now. <laughs> I mean, need to get out. I'm fine, guys. <laughs> it's been a rough week. And I'm going to be working on Mondays now, so I'm mentally preparing for that. But don't worry, episodes will continue to come out on Tuesdays. There we go. I will have it edited and put together. And I'm sorry if you guys absolutely hate the ads, but um, it helps us... Um, it's another way for us to earn money too. Yeah, get over it. Through, yeah, get over it. Sorry. <laughs> but I mean, if you also want to donate to our Patreon, like that helps just as much. Yes. We've got some goodies. I'm getting ready to put some things together for Miss, for our friends over at How Not to Raise a Murderer, our first Patreon friends. So um, I'm pumped for that. So I've got to get in touch. I'll be like, hey, Kendra, what up, girl? Yes. <laughs> yes. So, do you got a, you got a hole of rabbits to I jump do. down? I have a big ass hole of rabbits. Are you ready? No. Okay. Is it is it dark? Is it scary? Is it weird? What is it? It's, it's it's interesting. I love interesting. I'm okay. gonna give it another poop. So I was watching. Just kidding. Pop. Okay. Do I was watching um, the Haunting of Bly Manor. <gasps> I'm not. There's no spoilers, but there's one part. Whoa. Something important happened. It's just my son being obnoxious. I apologize. And in one part, they're having a bonfire, and um, a certain character goes and talks about where the where the wow, Shauna, find your words and use them correctly. Yeah, buddy. What a bonfire is, and and where it got its name, and where it's derived from. Um. So. I didn't, I wanted to, like, find that speech from the show. Not that right. I did deep investigating to find that speech, but I was <laughs> hoping that, like, looking up Bonfire was going to give me, like, the really long definition that she provides in the show. By the way, it's a really great show. You should watch it. It's super wonderful. I'm going to be binging it very soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the first one's really great, too, Haunting on Hill House. Okay, so. Anyways. Okay, so. So what I'm going to tell you right now is what a bonfire is and how what, how it derived how the words derived. We love fire. We do that. That's it's a martial thing for sure. It's like our whole family does it constantly. Mm-hmm. I've been around fires my whole life. My son loves fires, and we have them in the dead of winter. If it if it appeases and the weather's not you know yeah, blowing nine hundred miles outside like right now, Which, but we love fires. It's just it's calming. Yes. And we're very smart about it. We're not crazy pyros. Let's well, get that clear. First of all, your mother. Hello. Oh my god. Yes, my mom's the biggest freaking pyro out there. But. <laughs> 
she loves her bonfires. So, so we're going to go from bonfires to how this correlates with Halloween and trigger treating. So oh. it's kind of a, a it's 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 a rabbit hole that has a turn, if you will. Okay. So a bonfire or bale fire is a large controlled outdoor fire made from bales of straw or wood. The word is believed to come from bone fire in the time of the Celts or yeah, Celts. I'm going to say Celts and Celtic just so yes. you are aware. Hello, later. Ireland, friends. Yes. There were midsummer festivals where animal bones were burnt to ward off evil spirits. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find, not that I did like hours of trying to research this. But in the show, by the way, it goes into more detail about why burn- bones were burnt and how it wards off evil spirits. <gasps> spoiler! <laughs> it's really not a spoiler. It's just really, really interesting it's to me. <laughs> okay, so now I need to go to the next one because it has more information on it. Okay. And go. Bonfires were also used for rituals. The idea was that fire would purify. It was used to consecrate things or people. Ooh, I love that word. That is to make them sacred in some in some way. In ancient times, cattle were important symbols of wealth and status. Such cattle were led through the smoke of a bonfire. Couples who were to be wed on May Day <gasps> would leap through the flames of the bonfire to seal seal their vows. Coals from a bonfire would be taken home to light the fires in family hearths. Hearts. You're right. Okay. This practice was thought to bring good fortune. People also believe that the residents of the fairy realm, F-A-E-R-Y, were incapable of producing fire themselves. Embers of bonfires would be carried to the underworld and tended there. Okay, I don't that kind of was weird. The great in Great Britain, bonfires are are particularly associated with Guy Fox Night, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Okay. This night is also known as Fireworks Night or Bonfire Night. On yeah. this night, people celebrate that the, that the gunpowder plot was discovered. This discovery took place on November 5th, 1605. They do this celebration each year. It's called an annual celebration. Is In Northern a- Ireland, bonfires are associated with celebrations on the anniversary of the Battle of the Boyne, B-O-Y-N-E. Is, is that what they say in that Moon movie? Is it... And v, is it V for Vendetta where they remember, remember the 5th of November? Mm-hmm. Wow. That, that, that's just what went through my head. You should know that. She loves V for Vendetta. Remember, remember the 5th of November. She's like, yeah, she's yeah, so much taller. I'm yeah. stressing out right now. I'm okay. fine. I'm fine. So, how trick or treating became a Halloween tradition. Boom. Trick or treating. Setting off on Halloween night in costumes, ringing doorbells to demand treats has been a tradition in the United States and other countries for more than a century. Its origins remain murky, but traces can be identified in ancient Celtic festivals, early Roman Catholic holidays, medieval practices, and even British politics. Hello, Britain. Halloween has its roots in the ancient pre-Christian Celtic festival of... Okay, it looks like Samhain. S-A-M-H-A-I-N, but that's not how you pronounce it. Samhain. Yes. Because the Morbid Girls just did a whole episode on Samhain. So go check it out. Samhain is a pagan religious festival originated from an ancient Celtic spiritual tradition in modern times. Um, Samhain, a Gaelic word pronounced S-O- Okay, pronounced Samhain, but spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N is usually celebrated from October 31st to November 1st to welcome in the harvest and usher in the dark half of the year. 
Celebrants believe that the barriers between the physical world and the spirit world break down during Salon, allowing more why did you interaction between humans and denizens and other worlds. Um, Arlo. Ancient Celts marked Samhain as the most significant of the four quarterly fire festivals taking place at the midpoint between the fall equinox and the winter solstice. During this time of year, earth fires in family homes were left to burn out while the harvest was gathered. Nice. So, like, one thing I like about this link I have is I can press on the red highlighted mm -hmm. words and I can find out more information. Okay, so... Okay, so is it celebrate? Okay, so Halloween has its roots in ancient pre-Christian um, Celtic festival of yep. Samhain, which was celebrated on the night of October 31st. The Celts, who lived 2,000 years ago in the area that is now Ireland, the United Kingdom, and Northern France, believed that the dead returned to Earth on Samhain. On the sacred night, people gathered to light bonfires, offer sacrifices, and pay homage to the dead. Did you know? Nope. Although it is unknown precisely where and when the phrase trick-or-treat was coined, the custom had been firmly established in American popular culture by 1951. Huh. When trick-or-treating was depicted in the Peanuts comic strip, which is I love Halloween. <laughs> love it. Yeah. Love Peanuts. Um, yeah. In 1952, Disney produced a cartoon called Trick-or-Treat yeah. featuring Donald Duck and his nephews, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Oh, I know that. I am okay. learning things. <laughs> During some Celtic celebrations of Samhain, villagers disguised themselves in costumes made of animal skins to drive away phantom visitors. Banquet tables were prepared and food was left out to placate unwelcome spirits. Ooh. In later centuries, people began dressing as ghosts, demons, and malevolent creatures, performing antics in exchange for food and drink. Candy. <laughs> this custom known as mumming dates back to the Middle Ages and is thought to be an antecedent A-T-E-C-E-D-E-N-T Antecedent? Sure, of trick-or-treating Enjoy that, guys. I don't, I don't know words, how to say them many times. Early Christians and medieval roots of trick-or-treating. By the 9th Four. century, Christianity was spread into Celtic lands where it gradually blended with the supplanted older pagan rites. In 1000 AD, the church designated November 2nd as All Souls Day, a okay. time for honoring the dead. Celebrations in England resembled um, Celtic Commemorations of Samhain, complete with bonfires and masquerades. Poor people would visit the houses of wealthier families and receive pastries called soul cakes in exchange for a promise to pray for the souls of the homeowner's dead relatives. Oh, that's kind of, that just gave me like chills. Sweet. Who sprayed? That smells really good. Freaking Arlo. He did a good choice of spray. Known as souling, the practice was later taken up by children. Who would go from door to door asking for gifts such as food, money, and ale? I, I mean, I know in other countries, like mm -hmm. drinking isn't the thing. But when I thought about kids here, me like, hey, can you give me some food, money, or like alcohol? <laughs> it, like to me, it just was like, okay, thanks. Odd, but whatever. That's just this makes sense in other places. In Scotland and Ireland, hello, yeah. hello, listeners, there, hello. 
talking to my microphone cross-eyed. I'm fine. Hey, guys. Good thing we're not filming with our video cameras. In Scotland and Ireland. Scotland. Once again, hello. Young people took part in a tradition called guising. Hmm. Dressing up in costume Stop. and accepting offerings from Bring various households. Rather than pledging to pray for the dead, they would sing a song, recite a poem, tell a joke, or perform another sort of quote-unquote trick. Trick! Mm -hmm. Okay. Before collecting their treat, which typically typically consisted of fruit, nuts, or coins. Sad. All right, so remember when I mentioned in the bonfires about Guy Fox Night celebrations? Yeah. We've got a cool little picture here that we can, I'll send you this link. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, modern day trick or treating also has elements akin to annual celebrations. Celebrations, excuse me, of Guy Fox Night, also known as Bonfire Night. On this night, I for some reason can see my nose ring, and I feel like I can see the back of it, and it's driving me. I, I, I guess I'm holding my phone in a weird angle where I can totally see my nose ring. Sorry, guys. Fascinating. It was really something you probably don't want to know. It's not cool, bro. <laughs> That's my favorite joke. Okay, on this night, which commemorates the foiling of gunpowder plot in 1605, British children wore masks and carry effigies, E-F-F-I-G-I-E-S, uh -huh. uh -huh. while begging for pennies. Aww. On November 5th, 1606, Fox was executed for his role in Catholic-led conspiracy to blow up England's parliament building and remove King James I, a Protestant from, from power. Arlosh. On the original Guy Fawkes Day, celebrated immediately after the famous Potter's execution, communal bonfire or bone fires bonfire. were lit to burn effigies and the symbolic bones of the Catholic Pope. By the early 19th century, children bearing effigies of Fox were roaming the streets on the evening of November 5th, 5th excuse me, asking for a penny for the guy. Hmm. All right. Trick-or-treating in the United States. Some American colonists celebrated Guy Fawkes Day, and in the mid-19th century, large numbers of new immigrants, especially those fleeing the Irish potato famine in Irish, yes. in the 1840s, helped popularize Halloween. In the early 20th century, Irish and Scottish communities revived the old world traditions of souling and guising in the United States. By the 1920s, however, <laughs> the Halloween activity of choice for rowdy young people. The Great Depression exasperated the problem, with Halloween mischief often devolving into vandalism, physical assaults, and sporadic acts of violence. <clears throat> One theory suggests that excessive pranks on Halloween... <laughs> I'd like to buy a vow. Halloween <laughs> led to the widespread adoption of an organized community-based trick-or-treating tradition in the 1930s. That's right. This trend was abruptly curtailed. However, with the outbreak of World War II, I'm having a hard time, <laughs> when sugar rationing meant there were few treats to hand out at the height of the post-war, baby boom trick-or-treating reclaimed its place among other Halloween customs. It quickly became standard practice for millions of children in America's cities and newly built suburbs. No longer constrained by sugar rationing, candy companies capitalized on the lucrative ritual, launching national advertising campaigns specifically aimed at Halloween. Halloween. So because of this, check this out. Today's Americans spend an estimated 
2.6 billion billion With dollars on candy on Hello? Halloween. Just the candy. Not the decorations. Not all. I mean, we the fucking candy. <laughs> <laughs> so that sugar rationing, that ain't a thing here in the U.S. <laughs> we are like, oh, you want the Jeez candy? Down. You can have it. According to the National Retail Federation and the uh, and the day itself has become the nation's second lar largest commercial holiday. I'm assuming the first largest is Hello or is um Christmas. Christmas. So there you have it. So <laughs> went from bonfire to okay, trick or treating and, and a little bit of, of uh I want Bonefire. When you let me know that's right, bonfire. Bonfire. <laughs> oh yeah. So if you guys know a little bit stop. Those of you in other regions, um, yes. if you know more, if you know more of the details of bonfires, bonfires, just any Halloween tradition. Well, that man. I really want to know about more the about the bonfire with the, the bone. bones and the, and the, and yes. the, um, Please. yeah, the, the, the traditions back then and, and how that wards off the evil spirits. And I just, I'm just gonna have to rewatch the show again, but like Arlo, Hey, very, very interesting. Very, very I, I don't know. This was a fun little rabbit hole. And, of course, Halloween. Halloween, Halloween. Yeah, buddy. Oh, man. What a doozy. What a doozy of a podcast. I told I told Kendra I was going to start saying that. It's the doozy. Yeah, that her episode is now out. I mean, it's been out for a while now, but go check out her podcast. I did an episode with her about the case of Sarah Stern. It's, an, it's, it's a solved case, but... It's a, a not, not not a great ending, so it's sad. So what's her podcast? How not to raise a murderer, right? How not to raise a murderer, and how do you get a hold of her? Does she have Twitter? Or yes, Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, all of it. The um, same name, the same. Yeah, the Twitter handle is H N Tramp O D. Yes, and um, I'm also I'm I'm in a group with a bunch of crazy amazing podcasters. I'm going to shout some of these humes out. Hey, um, shout out to you, humes. Live with Big Bruh. Hey, yo. Yes, he's, he put he put our group together, brought us all together. There's a guy called King of Kino. He talks about, like, all, like, Kino tricks and stuff. Oh. Like, how to, like, win. Okay. <laughs> so tune into that. And, oh, my God, he reviewed our podcast. He's like, anything that has starts off with, um, there's going to be slurp sounds. I'm hooked. <laughs> He listened to the Titanic episode, and I had to go back and listen. I'm like, I do. I say, you're like, I'm sorry if there's mouth noises because I'm eating, and I'm like, I'm sorry if there's slurp sounds because I'm drinking. And he's like, I'm in. So, um, the ill-advised wise guys. <laughs> um, I've got. I'm gonna put together a playlist and listen to all these guys. There's the Holmes movies. They talk about. Uh, I'm assuming Sherlock Holmes. Um, the Truck Cast, the Branch Podcast. Have you seen it? Um, I've listened to one of her episodes. It's pretty cool. She talks about different shows in different countries, mm. and it, like kind of the storyline. And um, she has a really nice voice. I like listening to her. Um, the Geekiest Podcast, nice. Infectious Groove Podcast, The Smoke and Mirrors. What podcast should I listen to next? Ours. But anyways, that's hey, their podcast. Also, yeah. shout out to True Crime Garage. Yes. Um, they don't, I mean, I don't think they listen to us, but I listened to them. And they said the funniest thing on one of the last episodes that I listened to, that only murderers litter. And I thought that was so fucking funny. <laughs> murderers litter. <laughs> I want to sure it just says that. 
only murderers <laughs> litter. True crime garage. If you litter, you're murderer. <laughs> God bless it. I've mur- I've but that's just a few of them. Oh, Mind Bloom. If you, oh, she talked about mental health, and uh, she talked about breast cancer too. And it, um, she has the most soothing voice. And all of us have said that several times. I'm sorry for the screaming. We're almost yeah, done honestly, here. We, this isn't a soothing podcast. This is not a soothing podcast. You do not come here for um, beautiful, soothing, <laughs> wonderful. But no, my it's yeah, it's just Mind Bloom. You. Um, that's what she is on. Um, I like that title. Too. Yeah, that's Mind really Bloom You. She's just, and her, yeah, her voice is just absolutely, yeah, I agree. He is tired. But, um, yeah, so that's just a few of them. Um, I'm going to try and shout out more of them because there's more. And I just, the podcast community is absolutely amazing. We have almost 800 followers on our Twitter because of all these amazing people. We love you. Thank you so much for listening and to we're us. Almost and we're almost telling other people about it. I we're almost at 2,000 plays, guys. We just hit 1,900 a couple days ago, and I'm like, 1,900 plays. That's crazy. So, thank you for listening to us. If you want to follow more of us, um, you go check out Instagram. We post all of our um, pictures about what we talk about each episode on there, at Bloody Babbles Podcast. Twitter handle is at Bloody Babbles. Facebook page is Bloody Babbles Podcast. Send us a Gmail at bloodybabblespodcast at gmail.com if you're feeling inclined check out anchor or patreon.com slash bloodybabblespodcast um also our intro music is fantasy and world music by the fighters so go show them some love on youtube yes, and there's always something that i always want to say at the end and now i don't even remember what it is <laughs> that's so good i'm gonna remember after i'm done recording i'll be like damn it there it is! <laughs> Stop trying to ride Sheba like a horse. She is not that big of a dog. What? So, um, until next time, guys. Um, I've, I've been working on a super big case. I've talked about it a lot. I kind of like this whole spooky thing, but this it may end up being um, a two-parter where we do release part one on a Tuesday and the other one on a Friday. But I've been doing heavy, heavy research on it. And I, like, I've read a book. I'm trying to get better about researching because I know that's very important. Not only to you guys, but to, also to me because learning about these crazy, sad stories and giving the full story to these victims that we end up talking about is very important. So stay tuned for that. So until next time, my friends, Babylon. Babylon. Bye.